you're not intentional about your time, yeah. you can look up and you're not making any progress because you're just taking the things that are easier or low hanging fruit and not yeah. really making a difference. You're listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast, a daily podcast dedicated to helping B2B marketing, sales, and customer success professionals become masters of their craft. It's Monday, and in these episodes, you'll hear Sangram interview incredible practitioners, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs within our community. And like Sangram always says, without a community, you are simply a commodity. Here we go. Sangram here. Welcome to another fun episode of Flip Mafia Podcast. I feel like it's uh, it's hit me two weeks ago that we crossed 500 episodes on the Flip Mafia Podcast, and my producer sent me a note and said, Sangram, do you know you just hit 500 episodes? I'm like, I don't even know. I'm working on like the next 100 episodes. And it just hit me like how honorable, what a huge honor it is to just do this thing in a free flowing and we continue to have incredible people to just share their stories and, and all that stuff. So today I have Jeff and Amar. I don't know how we haven't done this because I know of them, I've heard of them and uh, we have crossed in similar circles, but really haven't sat down and talked about it. And that may be just because we're in Atlanta. And, yeah, and we get, I think that's it. Because yeah. we're, we see each other. It's like, oh yeah, we saw each other. We saw each other. I'm thrilled to be here. Yeah, man. So Jeff is the CEO of Dragon Army. He runs an incredible hackathon, 48 and 48. So I'd love for you to share about that. He started a new nonprofit called Ripple. Love to hear that. Five Kids uh, has an incredible book, The Five Day Turnaround. So we're going to dive specifically in that today. All right, that's a lot. We got time for all that? <laughs> yeah. And I love love your mission statement. Well, why don't you start with your mission statement that you have for yourself? Because I think that's important. Yeah. Very few people have that. What's your mission statement? And just back up into all of that. And as you finish your intro, share a fun fact about yourself. Okay, sounds sounds good. So yeah, so, so my purpose is to have an outsized positive impact on the world. I like to think of purpose as what's your superpower? Like, what are you awesome at? And hopefully that's also something you're super passionate about. And then match that with what's the change you want to see in the world. So for me, I went through a process about six years ago where I, my eyes were open to the idea of the amount of privilege that I have for no reason. And I participate mm-hmm. that in that every day. And so for me, my purpose is to have an outsized positive impact outsized because my, my superpower is to grow things, right? right. We're both entrepreneurs. We grow yep. companies. So I feel like that's what I've been put here to do and then has to make a positive impact sort of everything that I do. And so, yes, I run Dragon Army, which is a digital agency, one of the faster growing in the Southeast. And we have a purpose to inspire happiness. So I try to make sure that whatever we do at Dragon Army, it's, it's doing good in the world. I sort of run two nonprofits, 48 and 48 and Ripples of Hope, which we mm. can talk about. And then, uh, yeah, got the book out. <laughs> But uh, I guess the fun fact about me is that, and my, and my kids love this, so I've got five children, ages seven to 15. I was actually born on leap day. Mm, okay. So, so I, this year is a leap year, right? Yes, it is. Yes. Yeah. I will be turning 11. <laughs> and so my kids love it when they become older than me. It's That's really awesome. a fun moment. And then my daughter, who's 10, we were both 10 last year. We're yeah. both going to be 11 this year. So yeah. it's kind of a fun thing. That is super, <laughs> super cool. I know one more person and I asked them like, how do you celebrate birthdays? Did you celebrate yeah. birthdays or not? They're like, of course we did. Like yeah. we were like day before or something like yeah. that. But man, it, <laughs> and, but he always said, it's pretty sad that the calendar ro- runs over and you don't even see your That's day right. come That's up right. on the calendar. It is weird. Most people are like, oh, what a bummer. You don't, and it's like, actually I have a regular birthday every three years and then a big birthday yeah. every four. So it's, it's actually it kind actually of works out. <laughs> works out. All right. So let's talk about this book. Why did you write this five-day turnaround and who is it for? Yeah, perfect. So I've, I actually found my way into entrepreneurship when I was in college. Mm-hmm. So I've never had a, 
outside of working at a fast food restaurant or something as a young person. I've never had a real job. And so I've been an entrepreneur always. And my clients were always usually big brands, Coca-Cola, Home Depot, Honey Baked Ham. And I would constantly hear from them, gosh, I wish I was like you, you know, say it's the person running marketing at Home Depot. I wish I was like you and I could move more quickly. Mm. Oh, we have so many meetings here and so much bureaucracy. And if I had my own company like you, I could do whatever I wanted. Yeah. And as you know, we have many bosses running our own companies and many pressures. And so at first I was like, yeah, that makes sense. I have a lot more freedom. But then I started to realize, no, actually, I think it's more of a mindset. And every Mm. once in a while, you probably have this. You meet someone who's not an entrepreneur, but they almost act like one. Yes. And they sort of say, yeah, I understand that's a rule, but I'm going to figure out a way around it, which is what we have to do to live and stay alive. At Big Corp, it's easy to sit back. So I've worked on the book for about three years before it was finally out. And the concept is really how can you lead like an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. whether you are one, whether actually whether you aren't one, but it's like my, my uh, five principles of, of how to lead effectively. And so it's really written for leaders who, um, also for nonprofit leaders who they are running a nonprofit because they had a passion for making a change in the world, but they're yeah. not business leaders. They don't study the things that you do. They don't, they're not on podcasts. Yeah. So like part of it's also to, to help them think more entrepreneurially and have more success. I love that. One of the things that I've started lately talking more about is how do you become an intentional mm. leader? Yes. Because I've started to realize that a lot, you know, when you look from outside, like today, if somebody's yeah. listening to, to this episode right now, they was like, yes. man, Jeff seems like super successful. He has a C, he's a CEO of a company. And guess what? He also has two nonprofits running and he has five kids. Like he's obviously a unicorn because he's able to manage all that stuff. But if only, if you may allow me to, it's like, I'm sure all of this is every day is still a struggle and yes. you're still trying to figure out how to prioritize certain things. Yeah. And now that you have more responsibility, it doesn't make you sit at home and like, you know, have cigars and like, you know, <laughs> like drink, like, no, you're actually still working extremely hard yes. every day to keep going. We will look at that, like all the, almost assuming that people become successful overnight or, but it's a process right. and there's intentionality, especially with yes. your purpose, as you said. It's I, such a great word, that focus. So yeah. I spent time yesterday, one of the nonprofit leaders I mentor, runs a very small nonprofit. And what you see is all the things that a, a entrepreneur can do, like mm. everything's coming at you. And, and the one difference between us and say someone who has a real job is that we are deciding what's a priority and what's not. Right. And, and there's so many things that come at you. So if you're not intentional about your time, yeah. you can look up and you're not making any progress because you're just taking the things that are easier or low hanging fruit and not yeah. really making a difference. And yeah. that intentionality, hundred percent. And that says I'm 43 right now. I think probably has is the difference between me when I was 33 or 23 until now is very purposeful about what I do, focused and intentional. I love that. So you said there are principles in this book that you have, like, can you share a couple yeah. just to give them a taste? So the first, um, I'll tell you a story. So my, we started my Raj Chowdhury who, who runs Brightwave here in town. He and I were college roommates at UNC Charlotte and mm-hmm. um, we started our first company there um, in the dorm room. Then we moved back to Atlanta and we were about a year into business and we had recruited one of my other buddies to leave graduate school to join us in my mom's basement mm. in Atlanta, which was nuts because we were making no money, but yeah. we were just trying our best. So I was coaching tennis. I was a tennis player in college. I was coaching tennis during the days, working on the business at night and weekends. Danny was waiting tables. Raj was doing other things. So we were all sort of working on the business, sort of not. And then yeah. we won this big account with a company in New Zealand that uh. was going to pay us $65,000 to build their website. Right. 
the biggest website we had done till that point was $250. <laughs> this was like, we thought we were rich. Yeah. So we moved out of the basement. We quit our jobs. We hired someone else. All four of us, we moved into the back of a fitness center, but it was our own office. Yeah. And after two months, the company that signed with us went out of business and Whoa. we never got a dime from them. Wow. So what happened though, is that I look back and at the time that was the worst possible thing that ever happened. Of course. I look back and feel like it was the first time we had to make our business work. Mm -hmm. We had no plan B at that point. Yeah. Up until then, we had plan B. So the first principle in the book is the do or die mindset that entrepreneurs just inherently have. There's no plan B. You, until it's over, you are trying everything to make this work. And I think most people in their jobs don't look at it that way. It's like, yeah. mm, if this doesn't work out, mm. either, either I won't get a promotion, but that's fine, or I'll get another job. But if they took the mentality of this has to work, what yeah. will I do? You know, every roadblock that comes, how do I get around it? Not put up my hands and say, okay, I give up. So that's sort of the first big principle. Yeah. The second, one of the big principles in the book, I actually lifted from Patrick Glencioni. I know yeah. it's a, we're big fans, both of us and him, but it's building a trusting team. So mm -hmm. I took my own spin on that. Five Dysfunctions of a Team, his book is like my Bible from a business perspective. So, but I took my own way around that and, and sort of said like, you know, if you can build a team that feels like they're all on the same page and trusting within an organization, yep. that team can do amazing things. And part of the idea that I, when I give book talks is like, take your team and start creating this startup like culture and it'll affect the rest of the business. Yeah. Right. And other people go, what's going on in the marketing yeah. department? Holy, they're killing it. And they love their jobs. Like yeah. what's going they're on? Smiling, they're laughing. Yeah. You can hear that. You <laughs> right. feel that. So those are two of the concepts in the book. I love that. You know, this, the no plan B is a really, really good, good way to put it. I don't know how much you know about this story. I don't think I've shared this on podcasts uh, before is when Eric and Eric started Terminus, right? And then I joined them six months later to, to join them as a co-founder. And at that time I was at Salesforce and my wife wasn't working and we just had our second kid, yeah. Kiara, our daughter. And she was like, like, you know, literally two weeks old. And I see Eric actually doing at the technology village over here, just sharing like yeah. what Terminus is and it's more of an agency feel. And I see that and I text him and say, or email him and say, hey, we need to meet. This seems like a product. So we meet at a coffee shop next morning. And he's like, well, that's interesting. Do you, you know, why don't you come down to the office at Tech Village? We went there. We spent like about six, eight hours on a whiteboard with him and Bass talking with this idea of account-based marketing. And I remember them saying like, well, if you're really so interested, why don't you come join us and sell this? Yeah. And like, Nobody has asked me that before. It's easy for ideas, but to do is a different story. So I go home and tell this to my meet, uh, my wife. And she looks at me and says, okay, so let me get this straight. You want to work, you want to go quit Salesforce, go work with two people that you've never met until like two days ago. And you want to do all this stuff. And you know that I don't work. And we just had a kid. And you just and live kid. in John's Creek. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's right. I'm so excited about this thing. She's like, all right. After a week of negotiating back and forth, she said to me, look, I can see in your eyes that if you don't do this thing, you're right. going to regret. Right. I don't want you to regret. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to get a job. She got a job in two weeks. No way. We're going to put our kids in daycare. That wasn't the plan at that time. So we put Kiara literally four weeks. She's in daycare, not the plan. And she's like, you're going to figure out how to make this thing work. And in one year, if this thing doesn't work, doesn't have legs, you're going to go get a real job. She looked at that in my eye and paused right there. It's like, you're going to get a real job in one year if this thing doesn't work. 
an amazing partner. Right, oh right. And I look at that as the do. I didn't have a plan B. Yes, that was we it. didn't have a plan B. There wasn't like, hey, let's figure it out. Right, that's no, no. such a great story. Like, it was a hundred percent straight up, like a partner telling other person, "I'm going to do this for you, but I want you to know yeah. that you're on the other side, and here's how much time you have." Uh, God bless her. Everything. Yes, that's amazing. Well, I will tell. Here's what you probably don't know is that. I was friends with Eric mm. then and, mm. and sort of a uh, mentor in a way because I had, had, you know, sold the company. And, yeah. and so I remember when he said that he had met with you and, oh my gosh, he's trying to convince you to come to the company because yeah. that would be the game changer. Like it was yeah. the thing that he was focused on. And, yeah. and I remember when he said he's going to do it. And yeah. I mean, it's amazing the, the, what you guys have done. I mean, I thank every day to my wife for giving me the opportunity yeah. to do this and Eric to give him the opportunity to do, uh, challenge him to say, why don't you come in and actually sell yeah, this? Right. Until he right. said those words, like that didn't really re- occur to yeah. me. Like I was like, maybe I'll be an advisor or something like that, right? So On here's my, what so. the interesting thing will be for you. So, so when I married my wife, I was probably four or five years into being an entrepreneur. Yeah. And we actually were high school sweethearts. So she had known me before, but then, so she married into entrepreneurship. But after I had had two, two sales of companies, yeah. Then I was starting Dragon Army and I thought she was going to be, of course, sure, yeah. this is what you do. And she was like, are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> like, and we had that like serious talks and I was blown away. Yeah. You know, like you, she supported me, but yeah. I, I was, so it'll be interesting as you do your next thing years yeah. from now, if it's like, yeah, of course, or if it's like, well, let's give it a year and see how you do. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I feel if she wouldn't have done that yeah. and I would have plan B, I think our cycles start working, yeah. plan B, oh, safe thing. Yeah, we can do this. No, That's when right. you don't have plan B, Great yeah. things happen. So are you an entrepreneur now? I don't know. I, I feel like you are. I feel like you have the spirit of an entrepreneur. Yeah. You're, you're constantly moving. You're, 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 yeah. But it's a quick, cause you weren't before, right? Yeah. And then you became one and now you. I still don't know. Okay. The reason I say that is because I feel like maybe that's where your book is really interesting because it's book, that book is for people like me who are like, if Eric wouldn't have asked me to sure. come sell, I don't know if I was like going to, try to join a startup right. or do a startup as a co-founder. Like that wasn't a thing that I was thinking about. I'd be lying through my teeth if I would say, hey man, I was in the age of 16, I was selling lemonade. Like yeah, exactly. no, right. I was the one guy standing in the shade saying, mommy, can I have a lemonade? Please buy it for me. <laughs> right. so I was not at all like the worker, like, you know, doing yeah. I got none of those. Clothes. I don't know if you could join a company and just be a leader there. I, that would yeah. be interesting to me because yeah. I, I feel like a lot of entrepreneurs are broken from that perspective where yeah. it's like, too frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes. <laughs> All right. So the other idea I talked about is the trusting team. Yeah. Decouple that for us a little mm-hmm. bit. Go into mm-hmm. like, how do you build a trusting team? What attributes that you're thinking about? Because yeah. trust is a so overused word. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of times I look at trust as like, it has to be earned. Yeah. It takes time. Mm-hmm. It takes intentionality like nothing else. It takes yeah. effort. All those things. How do you go about doing that? Yeah, it's a great it's a great question, and you know, I think I think it starts with open dialogue and honest conversations and vulnerability, and so like really starting at the beginning and getting to know each other and breaking down walls, being honest from the get go. I will tell you, in in sort of leading up to starting Ripples of Hope, which which is a nonprofit that basically says like you and I get hit up all the time for mm. tech startups that would yeah. love a mentor, right? Yeah. Somebody that can help us, that we can help, and so forth. And and oftentimes we'll do that. You yeah. know, give them advice and lend a hand and, and connect them to people. But there's nonprofit leaders that don't have access to you or I, don't even mm. know to ask us, don't have the network, don't have the tech villages and stuff. So Ripples of Hope is meant to take leaders like you and I who mm. 
who have this experience that we want to share. We want to do more good with it, but we're really never given a chance to do mm. good with it, with our leadership experience and, and apply that to sort of mentoring and coaching and helping nonprofit leaders mm. grow their business. Because I, I like to think of it like, yes, it's great that the next startup that's trying to get someone to click another ad gets funding, but I would much rather the nonprofit that's in the heart of Atlanta trying to end yeah. homelessness have a big explosion, right? right. They don't have rapid growth, right? right. So anyways, right. Long way of saying, one of the things that I do is I coach nonprofit leaders on how to grow their business. And there's a really well-established nonprofit in Atlanta that has a leadership team. And I wanted to take them through leading the five mm. dysfunctions of a team and mm. taking them through workshops to break down walls. At the very beginning of it, the, the executive director said, we don't really need to do this part. Our leadership team has been together. There were six of them for, for like 15 years. Wow. We are great, but we'll do it almost to humor me. Yeah. Within nine months, one of them had quit. Mm. And the five that were left can't believe how much more effective they are as a team. They had no idea that there was dysfunction in the middle of their team mm. that was all there. And this woman didn't realize, the one who left, she didn't realize she wasn't fitting. Mm. But yet there was all this angst. So, what, so once you start opening sort of those, those lines of communication yeah. and talking things out and why do you feel like that? So it's a lot of time together, yeah. which I think is important. There's lots of tips and tricks, but that I think I just think it starts with open dialogue and being honest with people. And yeah. sometimes people are dealing with stuff and you don't even know. You don't even know. And I, it happens all the time. It's like I remember like talking through about you know how are you doing, right? That's such a like you know you don't even look at somebody's eyes and say how are you doing. Yeah, really, it's just like yeah, yeah, how are you doing? And you're checking your email because you expect right. that person to say fine, you know, or great. Never expect them to say, That's let right. me tell you what happened last okay. night. My, you know, my, my kid just walked away or they, they're a drug addict mm-hmm. and I have a problem with that or, you know, nobody would talk about those yeah. things. So I think you're breaking down some taboos, man. You're trying to break through some big things and I applaud you for yeah, that. I appreciate and, it, man. And, and it's really cool. So a couple of big ideas and I want you to give a challenge to everybody who's okay. listening Got to this, uh, this podcast. So first of all, I love your mission statement, outsized positive impact. So one of the things that I would love for people to take away from this is like, well, what is your mission statement? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. personal mission statement. Think about that. For me, it is about how it is becoming intentional around any and everything that we want to do in life. If you want to have a great family, you got to be intentional about it. Right. It doesn't happen overnight. If you want to be an entrepreneur like Jeff, like you have to, to be intentional about it and thinking about it and, and be in the circles of those people. So you become those, uh, you figure out what those attributes are. So Whatever is your mission statement, figure that out. I think it's going to be the North Star for you. Mm-hmm. The other part, I think what you mentioned is that uh, like leadership is a mindset. Yes. And I think that is a big idea for a lot of people to think about. It's not, a lot of people are in roles and titles that you might consider leaders, but are not leaders. And a lot of people who are not are actually leaders and we all know who they are. Right. So if you want to be an entrepreneur or if you want to be a great leader, in either cases, you got to have the right mindset. That's right. So a lot of a lot of these things are uh, in Jeff's book, and then this idea of like no plan B. I really think this is like personally, I've seen it work. I shared my share part mm-hmm. of the story, and you shared yours, Jeff. And you know, having no plan B, like this idea of like no plan, no other plan but this, right. is probably the greatest gift that you can give to yourself because it's gonna make you move and do things that you would normally not do. And every time you extend that and mm-hmm. go beyond that boundary, the other side of the the cul-de-sac, you always find something great and you always learn something more about you and you will actually find new opportunities. But if you have a plan B, you're not going to put it. That's right. That's right. That's why, by the way, just as a side note, I'm, I'm, I'm really against the side hustle. Yeah. Because 
in the sense of if, if you think that you're going to start your next company side hustling, yeah. you know how hard it is <laughs> to get a company going, right? Yeah. To really build it. And, and you know, the odds are incredibly against you. Astronomically against you. Even if you give your full self, yeah. right? Yeah. And so who are you to think that you can half-ass on the side when you don't have a dinner date, yeah. you know, get a business going? Like, that's crazy. So yeah. it's one thing if you're like, I want to make some extra cash, I'm going to drive yeah. Uber. That's yeah. totally fine. But like, I, I hate the advice that I hear out there of like, yeah, start your side hustle on the side and it'll become a big business. It's like, oh my gosh, like your odds went even worse than the others. So <laughs> yeah. focus and no plan B, I think, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's huge. And I actually had a side hustle um, that you trying to build this for four years, but that's why I asked about Robbie and Dan. Yeah. They're part of the leadership right. thing. And we did, that's where I learned about marketing yeah. and it went nowhere. Like, right. and I right. feel like when we started Terminus or I became part of it, the progress we made in one month when we actually were fully focused on yes. it, leapfrogged any amount of side hustling that we could have That's done right. and the market right. moved so fast against you. So what's the big challenge you want to give everybody? Yeah, well, I'll give two because the first one you sort of already said, and I just think it's finding, I call it your purpose, you call it yes. your mission. Like that, you know, when I get asked the question, when I give talks, you know, what would you change? What do you regret? you know, we don't really regret anything because you learn from all the mistakes, right? But the thing that I do regret is not having found my purpose before I was 35 years old, because mm -hmm. I think it's really shaped and directed. And so the last six years of my life, I've accomplished so much more mm -hmm. because it's so much clear to me what accomplishment is. Yeah. So that, that would be number one, find mm -hmm. your purpose, read the book, start with why that's a great one. But then I would say beyond that, the famous expression, be the change you want to see in the world. Yeah. There's nothing more fulfilling than helping other people and doing good and and doing it from an empathetic and a pure standpoint. It just, I see it at 48 and 48. So, yeah. we, you know, these hackathons where we build 48 nonprofit websites in 48 hours and the volunteers are just delirious and tired, but the satisfaction they get from seeing the look on the face of the nonprofit yeah. leader when they built their brand new website for them in a 48 hour period, it's like, I see that what that does to them. Yeah. So like so, so few people get there. So finding out the change you want to, to make and then, and then getting involved, I think is you'll have a, purposeful, happy life. That is fantastic, man. Jeff, we'll put all the links to the book, to Dragon Army, to 48 and 48 and Ripple, all of those in there. And maybe also link to you, all the five kids that you have. <laughs> to find them. But man, well, happy birthday oh, coming uh, up. As, as the leap year is coming up. And uh, dude, so good to have you. Thanks, buddy. You've been listening to the Flip My Funnel podcast. To make sure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you have an iPhone, we'd love for you to open the Apple Podcasts app and leave a review. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.